Stand with me all over the building for the for the prayer this morning. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for another opportunity to come together, Lord, and feast upon your precious word. Lord, I ask you to use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost this morning. Lord, give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word today and the spiritual eyes to see the path as you would lay it out before us. And, Lord, give us the godly wisdom to walk in that path. We thank you and praise you for it. Amen. You can be seated. We're going back to the book of Jeremiah. Uh, once again, returning to the second part of the message we started the other night. Amen. And, uh, and as I said, once we get through... Uh, this message, we will be going back through uh, Jeremiah quite a bit and uh, rather extensively, so uh, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, amen. But uh, anyway, Jeremiah 44, uh, starting in verse 1, we left off the other day, we went through Jeremiah 7, 1 through 34, now we're picking up at chapter 44, amen, starting in verse 1. Amen. Now, the Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah concerning all the Jews which dwell in the land of Egypt, which dwell at Migdal and at Toponies and at Noth and in the country of Pathros. Now, these were all territories of Egypt right here. Noth was the, one of the northern capitals there, but, uh, but all of these were areas of Egypt. They were, you know, suburbs of Egypt or, or uh, smaller areas around Egypt. So, but they were all in Egypt. So uh, the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the Jews which dwell in the land of Egypt. And then it goes and gives you the areas there round about. Thus saith the Lord, or, you know, as we would say today, the Bible says. Now, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. The Lord came and spoke to him concerning all of the, uh, all of the Jews here who had fled uh, from, uh, from Jerusalem and fred, uh, fled from uh, Judah. And they were, these were refugees. And so uh, they had gone and, and set up shop in in Egypt, and he said, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Ye have seen all the evil that I have brought upon Jerusalem and upon all the cities of Judah. And behold, this day they are a desolation, and no man dwelleth therein. God had already destroyed Jerusalem. For this same stuff. And he'd already destroyed all the cities of Judah. That's why these people were refugees. That's where they were refugees from. Amen. So, they were well familiar with all the things that had happened. And remember, he told them a while back when we were in the last message, in the last uh, portion of this, he told them, he said, Hey, <laughs> you need to remember... What happened before over in Shiloh? You need to remember what I did there. Well, here he's saying it again. He's saying, hey, 
I've already destroyed Jerusalem, and I've brought evil upon Jerusalem and all the cities of Judah. And behold, this day they are desolate, or they are a desolation, and no man dwelleth therein. Why? Because of their wickedness which they have committed to provoke me to anger. How did they do it? In that they burnt, went to burn incense and to serve other gods, whom they knew not, neither they, ye, nor your fathers. Howbeit, I sent unto you, I sent unto you. So notice here, he said, I sent unto you. Howbeit, I still went the extra mile. The Lord's saying, I still went the extra mile. Howbeit or albeit, I still, I sent unto you all my servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them. Early on, what does he mean by rising early? Does it mean Jesus woke up? According to my Bible, he don't need sleep anymore. He don't need sleep. So, that's it right there. He says, hey, rising early and sending them. So, in other words, he said, look, I got up. As soon as I saw you start this mess, as soon as you started, when it started entering into your mind, get on this mess you're doing right here. I, I warned you. I started warning you. I sent my prophets. Jesus didn't come down to warn them. He sent his prophets, just like he always does. He sent his mouthpiece to go and take care of his business. And he sent his prophets, sending them saying, he sent them saying, Oh, do not this abominable thing that I hate. He warned them. But, everybody say, but. They hearkened not, nor inclined their ear to turn from their wickedness, to burn no incense unto other gods. Wherefore, or because of that, wherefore my fury and mine anger was poured forth, and was kindled in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, and they are wasted and desolate as at this day. Therefore, now, thus saith the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, wherefore commit ye this great evil against your souls to cut off from you, man and woman, child and suckling, out of Judah to leave, to leave you none to remain. What's he saying? What's he saying right here? Think about it a second. Let me read that again. Listen. Therefore, now thus saith the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, wherefore commit ye this great evil against your souls, to cut off from you man and woman, child and suckling, out of Judah to leave you none to remain. What he's saying is, did you not remember what I did to Shiloh? 
Did you not remember what I just told you that I did to Judah and Jerusalem? Okay, that's why y'all are here. You, you left there because there's nothing to be inhabited there anymore. I destroyed it because of what they were doing. And he said, now, he says, therefore now, <laughs> now, how in the world could you commit ye this great evil against your souls? You're the only ones left. You're the remnant. You survived it. And he said, how in the world could you, after all that, and after seeing all that, commit this great evil? It's against your own soul. Why? Because when you do this and I, and I lower the hammer on you, it's going to cut you off. It's going to cut your wives off, your children off, and it's going to leave none left in Judah. There won't be none left because you commit this great evil. Wherefore commit ye this great evil against your souls? It's against your souls to cut off from you, to cut off from you, man and woman, child and suckling, out of Judah. And there won't be nobody left to leave you none to remain. You see? Everybody understand? In that ye provoke me unto wrath with the works of your hands, burning incense unto other gods in the land of Egypt, whither ye be gone to dwell, <laughs> that you might cut yourselves off, and that you might be a curse and a reproach among all the nations of the earth. He said, what, what you're doing by doing this is you're cutting yourself off, and you're making yourself a curse. It ain't just about you, folks. You're making yourself a curse and a, and a reproach among all the nations of the earth because you're going to be godless. You're going to be the scourge of the earth because God's going to see to it that that's what happens. And it's going to be on you. He said, you did this to yourself. Burning incense to other gods, paying obeisance to them of the land, the land of Egypt. So in other words... You know what they say, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Well, that's exactly the, the motto in the world we live in today. When in Egypt, do as the Egyptians do. God said, that ain't going to work for me. You fled to Egypt to get away. And now you went in there and you just yoked up with them and you started just doing whatever it was they were doing. You just went in there and started doing whatever they were doing. And now you're, you're, you're sacrificing to their gods just like they do. And you've abandoned me. And you're doing it to your own demise is that you might be a curse and a reproach among all the nations of the earth because you have no idea what's coming for you. Have ye forgotten the wickedness of your fathers and the wickedness of the kings of Judah and the wickedness of their wives and your own wickedness and the wickedness of your wives which they have committed in the land of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. God is reminding people here, you know, that's what this word is right here. That's what this is. It's a book of remembrance. Amen. And from the remembrance of the things that's happened before, we learn not to do those things again. Isn't that right? 
Have you forgotten the wickedness of your father, the wickedness of the king of Judah, the wickedness of their wives, the wickedness of uh, your own wickedness, and the wickedness of your wives, which they committed in the land of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? They are not humbled even unto this day. Neither have they feared, nor walked in my law, nor in my statutes that I set before you and before your fathers. He said, even the ones that, even the ones that went through it, they're not humble even to this day. And that's the same thing with the people we're talking about earlier in this church today. No matter what, they're not going to humble themselves before God. No matter what happens, they're not going to humble themselves. They're not going to submit themselves to God. They're not going to submit themselves under the authority of any law. And especially this law. God's law. They're not going to be ruled by anyone. They have been taught that way. You can't blame them because they're taught that way. They were taught not to respect authority. They were taught that nobody gives a whipping. They're taught not to have, not to expect discipline, not to tolerate discipline. And because they don't tolerate discipline, welcome to the new world. This is what you got. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, huh, behold. He said, hey, watch this. Watch this. I will set my face against you for evil and to cut off all Judah. And I will take the remnant of Judah that have set their faces to go into the land of Egypt to sojourn there. What is he saying by that? They pointed their face toward, toward Egypt and they set it in their heart to go there. And that's where they were going to go. They'd been longing, man, they'd been longing for, uh, uh, for Judah since they, I mean, uh, Egypt since they left Egypt. Now, so they set, he said, they set their faces to go in the land of Egypt and sojourn there, and they shall all be consumed and fall in the land of Egypt. <laughs> they shall even be consumed by the sword and by the famine. They shall die from the least even unto the greatest. You see that? From the least even unto the greatest. By the sword and by the famine, and they shall be in execration and an astonishment, and a curse, and a reproach. For I will punish them that dwell in the land of Egypt, as I have punished Jerusalem by the sword, by famine, and by the pestilence. So that none of the remnant of Judah which are gone into the land of Egypt to sojourn there, shall escape or remain, that they should return into the land of Judah, to the which they have a desire to return to dwell there. For none shall return, but such as shall escape. Now, then all the men which knew that their wives had burned incense unto other gods... And all the women that stood by, a great multitude, even all the people that dwell in the land of Egypt, and Pathras answered Jeremiah, saying... Now, I want you to get this. Here we go. Listen carefully. This is what I've been getting to. 
And I want you to hear what these people said to the Lord. Then all the men which knew that their wives had burned incense unto other gods, and all the women that stood by, a great multitude, even all the people that dwell in the land of Egypt, in Pathros, answered Jeremiah. After Jeremiah just got through telling them all this as the Lord said, answered Jeremiah, saying, As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. But we will certainly, we will of a certainty, do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth, to burn incense unto the Queen of Heaven, and to pour out drink offerings unto her as we have done, we and our fathers, our kings, and our princes in the cities of Judah, and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then had we plenty of victuals, and were well, and saw no evil. But since we left off to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and to pour, off, pour out drink offerings unto her, we have wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by the famine. Did you hear that? Did you just hear what they said to Jeremiah? They said, oh, well, we're going to do what we've always done and we're going to keep on doing it because when we were, long as we were burning incense unto her and, and paying obeisance to her and bowing down to her, we had all we needed and all we wanted. And, uh, and then when we left off doing that, we stopped doing that, started worshiping the Lord our God. Then we didn't have anything. We wanted all things and we've been consumed by the sword and by the famine. Hold your place right there for just a minute. I hope you got that underlined 455 times. Brother, well, does that bring a Scripture up? Well, that, that, that's true as well. That's true as well. But, uh, Brother Edward, get me 1 Timothy chapter 6, 5 and 6. Listen carefully. And then I want you to go right back there with me. 1 Timothy 6, chapter 5 and 6. I mean, chapter... Uh, chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. Listen carefully. See if this don't ring up with this just right. Preserve or perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds. That's what they were doing. And destitute of the truth. Supposing that gain is godliness. From such, withdraw thyself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. You need to understand something. That's the, that's the mantra of this world. That is the, that's the idea of this world right there. What they said, they said, now let's go back over there to, uh, uh, to our base text where we just were. Now, okay, and when we pour, burned incense to the Queen of Heaven and poured out drink offerings to her, 
Uh, no, 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 back. But since we left off burn, to burn incense to the queen of heaven and pour out drink offerings unto her, we've wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by the famine. Let me tell you something, church. You can either be consumed by the sword right now, you can be, you can be corrected with that sword right now, or you can be absolutely consumed with it later. But this is the, this is, this is the mind of the world speaking right here. Same spirit that's alive and well in this world today, and it's prevailing, it's prevalent. Come on. As we were talking about the other day, this is the same thing I told you we was going to get back to it. That it's, it's just like the moon, uh, uh, in, in which they considered to be the goddess of fertility or, uh, the, and, and it became the, you know, and they also looked at, uh, at the queen of heaven as one that was responsible. The women were the ones that, that paid most obeisance to this. And as a matter of fact, the women were required to uh, to burn incense to her in Egypt and to do that supposedly her and then they they uh, the, the 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 moon and the goddess of the moon was the queen of heaven was to be uh, uh, the one that would uh, uh, would conceive seed and then the uh, and then the sun was considered to be the the man part of that that would uh, give it the power to to bring forth. See, so they were just absolutely out of their minds. There's a bunch of crazy people. Just like they are now. Just like they are now. So, go ahead. No, incense has always been, you know, uh, uh, things that you would burn as a sweet savor and things like that, and you would do it. Uh, you know, would do it in in uh, honor of them and things like that. So yes, it's just like when you go into these Buddhist temples and you see all that incense burning. That's what they're doing. Same thing. Yeah, they're burning incense to it. You know, they're burning incense to to Buddha, and they they do that to all gods and all them places. Just about. Yep, any of that kind of stuff. Well, it's. It, it's similar, but a different, a different area and a different time. But it's all they, everybody had their own idea, of, and they would just add to or take away, or you know, just like the spirit of Baal is still alive and well today. It's called it's called uh, Islam, huh? you know, still that same spirit. Yep, Asteroid, Yes, that's right. Yep, that's right. So. But they, they were, all those things were brought about a lot by cultures and, <clears throat> and they would go into another place and then, you know, they would take on different names, a lot of that kind of stuff. It was just the same idea, just a different, sometimes a different name, God or something, but same idea. They all had to have something to worship. And, and let me tell you, at least back in that day, they all had to have a God. <clears throat> I mean, a God was a, was a big thing. You had to have a God to worship. <laughs> so they just make their own gods, whatever they wanted, to, whatever they wanted. Now, so, so as the world today <clears throat> believes that, supposing that gain is godliness. So wait, let me let me tell you, you need to you need to get a hold of this in a big way, because that's exactly what happened. And and I wanna I wanna break loose here and go over here to. Uh, to Matthew, Matthew uh, chapter 4, 
1 and 2, and then we're going to go to Luke. So Matthew chapter 4, 1 and 2. Listen, remember this. Then when Jesus, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He was led there to be tempted. Understand that. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. Jesus didn't go into the wilderness. He was led up of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost led Him into the wilderness. He didn't go into the wilderness. He was led into the wilderness. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Praise God. So He was led into the spirit, uh, of the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led into the wilderness. He didn't stumble off into the wilderness. He was led there. Why was he led there? He was led there for the express purpose to be tempted of the devil. Understand that. When you find yourself in the midst of some situations sometimes, and you say the devil did there's a whole lot of time it's the Spirit did it. Led you there to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days, love your pastor now, don't you? (laughs) Think we ought to do that? Sister Quick said, no, 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 no. (laughs) I'm going to be gone that month, that two months. Yeah. Huh? They'll call us an uh, anorexic cult then, wouldn't they? Forty days of no eating. You just call me a skeleton, dust skeleton. When they had fat, when he had fasted forty days, forty nights, he was afterward in hunger. Do you think? Now, go to uh, okay. Here we go. Now, here's Luke's take on it. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, uh, and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterwards hungered. Okay, here we go. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out, or by every word of God. And the devil, now listen, listen carefully to this, because this is what plays into this other scripture we were just talking about, and even plays into our main text. And the devil, taking him up into an high, a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The devil's got some power, folks. You think the devil can't show you something right quick? You think the devil can't show you something? Man, the devil can give you visions. The devil can give you dreams. The devil can give you all kind of things. How do you know if it's from God? Or if it's from Satan? What if it's a... What if it's a dream of heaven? What if it's a dream of heaven and everything looks good up there and wonderful up there? 
if there's something in heaven that the Bible said ain't going to be there, that ain't of God. It don't matter. It don't matter what. Though we are an angel from heaven, come speaking any other thing than that which is spoken by us. See, let him be a curse. All right. So the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed him all the kings of the world in a moment of time. So he has powers to show you things. How do we show somebody the kingdom, all the kingdoms of the world, a moment of time? And the devil said unto him, listen carefully, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them. How's he going to do that? For that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will, I give it. You see that? But the devil was telling the truth right here. The devil was telling the truth right here. He said, hey, it's given me power to give you all these things in another place. The devil has power over money. The devil has power over the kingdoms of the world. Why? Because they're his kingdoms now. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdoms of the world. The devil is the prince of this world. And he is the ruler of most of this world because he's the ruler of most of the people of this world by a long shot. Somebody say ten to one. No, it's more like a hundred thousand to one. Maybe more. Maybe a million to one. Might be more than that. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee and the glory of them. Folks, the Bible says, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself, from such turn away. You see that? No matter where you go, you tell somebody you're in a church, oh, the first question, how many people you got? Because they're looking for numbers. They're looking for, oh, how big is the church? Oh, it covers 25 acres. Oh, my goodness, well, that's a church. Oh, we've only got uh, we've only got twenty, thirty people. Uh, oh, I see. Oh, so you're not a church; you're a wannabe church. Okay, yeah. Uh huh. Tell that to Jeremiah, who was one man amongst hundreds and hundreds of people that was of God, and just to call yourself a Christian or a man of God or a woman of God has nothing to do with it. What matters is what does Jesus call you? Millions upon millions of people say, the Lord, He is my God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, He is my Lord. But He is no more their Lord than my dog. He's no more their Lord than I am. Because Jesus said, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Well, now, wait a minute, Lord. Now, I'm doing the things you say, and I, and I ain't killed nobody this week. I mean, I ain't uh, told no lies. I don't think I have, uh, including the one you just told. Uh, I mean, I haven't, uh, I haven't cheated on my wife, at least that she knows about. 
and I haven't, uh, I haven't, uh, uh, haven't, uh, uh, I've honored my father and my mother, you know, and I've done this and that, I hadn't done this and that. And they go through the glossy tin and say, well, you know, uh, there you have it, Lord. The Lord said, yep, you, you might have got ten of them right. So that only leaves about 9,990 that you haven't done. Where was you at Sunday? Oh, I was at the ranch. Where was you at uh, uh, on church night in the middle of the week? Where was you at Tuesday night, Thursday night? Uh, I was at the bowling alley on Thursday night. I went to the movie house on Tuesday night. Does not my word say, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is? And that what, what does that mean? It means get in the house of God. That's what it means. Go to church. If you don't love God enough to go to His house and go and dedicate time to Him, what in the world makes you think He's going to let you in His heaven? You don't love Him no more than that. You don't love God. You love the idea of not going to hell. That's what you love. You love the idea of not having to do anything because Satan has told you them lies that you ain't got nothing to do. Don't do anything for Jesus, whatever you do. Because if you do that, then you're showing that you have no faith. But did not the Word of God say, You show me your faith without your works, and I show you my faith by my works. Me being in this pulpit shows you right here that I do believe. <laughs> yes, I do believe. Therefore, I'm here this morning. Amen. I do believe there's a heaven and hell. Therefore, I want to go to heaven, and I do not want to go to hell. And let me tell you something. Just wanting to go there don't put you there. you got to want it bad enough to do something about it to get there. Praise God. Let me tell you something. Ain't none of this automatic. And those people that's out there thinking I'm wrong, get your Bible and come down here. You better pack you a lunch, son, because I'm going to eat you like a... I'm going to eat you up, buddy. Cut you to ribbons with that word. First thing you need to do is get rid of that abomination you're carrying around, that atrocity that you're calling the Bible, and get you a 1611 King James Version Bible, and bring it on down here and let's have a powwow. You'll be plumb ashamed of yourself when you leave here. And you'll leave here trembling with your knees knocking together too, hoping that God don't kill you before you have time to get everything lined up and right. <laughs> Folks, Here's the same thing they were saying. Same thing they were saying. He said, now, if thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. Did you see how the devil got the people of God? All he had to do. They started that same whining as soon as they hit the, as soon as they hit the wilderness. Don't you remember that back in, back in Exodus when they left out of Egypt? Don't you remember when they started all that whining? When did the whining start? The whining started, man, as soon as they got out there and didn't have what they needed. They didn't have no food. They didn't have no food to eat. They said, well, they didn't like what they was eating. Well, they got out there and they're, they're being chased by the Pharaoh then. And <laughs> here's God that just got through showing them all the plagues in Egypt. Now, think about this. Think about this for a minute. Think about this for a minute. Here is a group of people that just went through all these plagues in Egypt that they saw firsthand. 
Notice this. It wasn't like they were... Uh, it wasn't like they were uh, uh, isolated from it where they couldn't see it happening. This was going on all around them. Frogs. Frogs in their ovens. Frogs in their beds. Blood. All the, all the water was turned to blood. The lice. The locusts. Darkness. All these things that happened. But it didn't happen to them. Do you think that might cause a, maybe a light to go off in your skull up there? You know, maybe you might be thinking, wow, this must be the real God. Because Pharaoh's magicians couldn't do anything about it once it got to that point. God showed himself that he was God. And he did it in such a way that there wasn't nobody else going to match it. Wasn't nobody else going to say, well, we did the same thing. He kept hardening the Pharaoh's heart so that he wouldn't let them go. So God built himself a way for him to say later that I brought you forth with a mighty hand. With a mighty hand, I brought you forth out of the land of Egypt. I destroyed Egypt. I opened up the Red Sea before you. You walked across on dry ground. The enemy followed you in, and I closed it in and killed every last one of them. They, they knew firsthand of all this. This was not just hearsay. They knew that this was history. And these people, these people went started that mess right out of Egypt, and they continued it all the way, all the way through the wilderness. They continued to complain and moan and groan about this God. I don't know about you, but wouldn't you be just a little bit afraid to be talking smack to God? And... Then, they decide to go and worship other gods. Why? Because it was easy street. They wanted to go back to Egypt as soon as they left. Remember the times that they told, that they were telling Moses? Would to God we had stayed in Egypt, at least we had food to eat there, we had a place to dwell, we had a roof over our head, and we had plenty to eat. Wherefore bring, did God bring us out here to starve? Remember? That's the same thing. Same thing they're saying all these years later over back in Egypt again. <laughs> saying, no, we just soon have what the devil's got for dinner because uh, the devil's got steak and you got cauliflower. The devil's got steak, you got Brussels sprouts. I won't go to the steakhouse. So I'm going to stay over here because hell ain't here today. See? So I'm going to go ahead and stay over here, and just about the time that you open the gates of hell up to throw everybody in, I'm going to change over to your side and say, okay, God, give me that Brussels sprouts. 
supposing that gain is godliness. People of a corrupt mind. From such, turn away. That's the same spirit right here. That's You know how many people that the devil's got with this right here? I'm a, you can have wealth. You can have anything you want, man. You can travel. You can, you can have money, fame, fortune. You can be a star. Man, you can, you can be all this and all that. Only you're going to have to worship me. Stay out of that church, whatever you do. Don't go to that church over there. You don't need that. You don't have to do all that. You can have this and that too. You can have your cake and eat it too. That's right. Remember, your daddy didn't die for nothing. You know, that's exactly, that's exactly what the devil says. Jesus didn't die for nothing. Remember, he's your father. Now, he died, so you're going to heaven. That's all there is to it. You're going to heaven. Just know that you got your ticket because Jesus went to the cross. Right? He didn't die for nothing. That's right. If you do something, it's showing that you have no faith. That's right. You're stealing His glory. That's exactly what they're talking about. Yep. That's right. So, hey, whatever you do, don't do nothing. And you know what? You were almost convinced of that at one time. Because the one thing you questioned me on was that very thing right there. He said, uh, uh, I got him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we can go. <laughs> I love that. We can go. But you know what, brother? I was right. Yep. Amen. The Word of God's right, isn't it, Sister Tara? And you see, that's what everybody's been... Why? Because it's what they want to hear. It's selective hearing. Do we live in a land of selective hearing? Selective hearing or what? Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and they'll, yeah, and they'll bow down and do this. Like, oh, you know, point up at him like, you did this, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's much worse. He would much rather have you out there making all them millions. Yep. Well, that's okay. See how that, how, how that money buys him a place in... In heaven, see if that works for him. Now, <clears throat> let's go back to our main text up here. Actually, 
Go with me to Jeremiah 7, 17 and, 8, and 18. Uh, Brother Edward, Jeremiah 7, 17 and 18. This it? Okay. See, see what he said right here? See what Jesus said right here? Seest thou not what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? This is our text from the last message. Now notice, hold on for a minute. Go take me over. Take me over to uh take me over to uh our main text again to verse nineteen. Now remember we said, But since we left off burning since the Queen of Heaven to pour out drink offerings unto her, we have wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by the famine. Yeah, go on, to, go on to 19. Yeah, I'll get it. Okay. And when we burned incense to the queen of heaven and poured out our drink offerings unto her, we did make her case to worship her and pour out drink offerings unto her. Notice it said we, okay? Or it said, and, and poured out our drink offerings unto her. Did we make her case to worship her and pour out drink offerings unto her without our men? She's saying, hey, this is a woman speaking right here. She's saying, hey, when we burned incense to the queen of heaven and poured out drink, our first thing, the first problem was a woman was speaking to the man of God. That shouldn't happen. The men should have been doing the talking instead of following around these women with a hook in their nose. And we burn, and when we burned incense to the queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her, did we make her cakes to worship her and pour out drink offerings unto her without our men? Said, did we do all that without our men? We did that with the full compliance of our men. We did that with their complete understanding. Not only did that, but they helped us. Okay, so did we do all that without our men? Go back to the uh, one we was yet sat a second ago. He said, now here's, here's over in, in uh, the last message. Seest thou not what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? Here we go. The children gather wood, and the fathers kindle the fire, and the women knead their dough to make cakes to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto other gods that they may provoke me to anger. It was a family affair. Everybody was involved in it. Everybody was involved in it. Do they provoke me to anger, saith the Lord? Do they not provoke themselves to the confusion of their own faces? What's he talking about? By doing all these things, do they do they not provoke themselves? Do they not encourage themselves by doing these things? Do they not provoke themselves to go further and further and further? By doing these things continue, do they not provoke themselves to keep going forward to the confusion of their own faces? In other words, listen... 
this one doing it, it's provoking that one to do it, and that one's provoking that one to do it. And by all of them doing it together, they're provoking others to do it. Amen. And by their own faces, this means to every one of them. This means to all of them. As one did it, the next 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 one did it. So they they provoke themselves. They're provoking one another to come in and do this and add add evil to evil. You see what I mean? So they provoke themselves. They're provoking. If In other words, I'm over here doing this, and I start doing it, and then I provoke you and, and encourage you to come do it with me. Amen. And it says, to the confusion of their own faces. What does it mean, their own faces? It means every one of you has a face. We're all a body. We're all a family here. And just it turns into a, 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 a provoking to the confusion of everybody in the everybody in the people. Everybody in that people. You see? Everybody understand? Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, mine anger and my fury shall be poured out upon this place, upon man, upon beast, and upon the trees of the field, and upon the fruit of the ground, and it shall burn and shall not be quenched. Yes, ma'am. Yes. This was just shortly before this. These are all warnings. All are warnings. Now, what happened in Shiloh happened a great time before this. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is all, this is all uh, about Egypt and, and what they did in Egypt. And as a matter of fact, chapter 44, that's the last prophecy of Jeremiah. That was his last prophecy to the people uh, of Jerusalem. I mean, to the people of uh, God, Israel. Now, all right, so let's go back to our main text. Or is this our main, is this our main text uh, of 44? Okay, now, okay. Did we do it without our men? Then Jeremiah said unto all the people... To the men and to the women and to all the people which had given him that answer, saying, The incense that ye burned in the seas of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, ye and your fathers, your kings and your princes and the people of the land, did not the Lord remember them? And came it not into his mind? So that the Lord could no longer bear because of the evil of your doings and because of the abominations which ye have committed. Therefore... Is your land a desolation and an astonishment and a curse without inhabitant as at this day? So what's he saying? What does he say right there? What's he talking about right here? The Lord can no longer bear. Where? Where? Where could he no longer bear? In the streets of Jerusalem and in Judah, in the cities of Judah, where we were talking about earlier, when he was taking them back in time and, and the Lord told him, he'd tell them to remember. Before he told him, he said, remember Shiloh. Then now he's telling them, remember Jerusalem and remember uh, the streets of uh, uh, Jerusalem and remember the cities of Judah. All the cities of Judah, they're a desolation now. Therefore is your land a desolation. That means the land of Judah and the land of Israel. All their land was a desolation. That's what they're doing in Egypt. 
They fled for Egypt when God destroyed their land. Instead, here's the, here's the nut in the nutshell. Hear me good. Instead of humbling themselves and praying, seeking His face, turning from their wicked ways, <laughs> where the Lord would forgive them their sins and heal them and heal their land, instead of that, they fled to the enemy side. They fled to Egypt so that they could have the same things as the Egyptians and not have to worry about a God that they would have to follow strictly and that a God that would actually do something if you did something wrong. See, the gods that other people were, the moon god and all that kind of stuff, well, of course, they're no gods. So there's no, there's no repercussion. There's no chastening. There's nothing. You work, eat, go to bed. Work. Eat, go to bed. Yep. But now, this God, when you don't follow Him, is punishment. So, He said, that's why, and an astonishment and a curse without inhabitant as at this day. Because ye have burned incense, and because ye have sinned against the Lord, and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, nor walked in His law, nor in His statutes, nor in His testimonies. Therefore... What does it mean, ignoring his testimonies? Yep, that's right. What's the Lord's testimony? Word of God. Word of God's his testimony. Old Testament, New Testament. See? Testament is testimony. The Old Testament is a testimony of what happened in the Old Testament. The New Testament is the testimony of what happened in the New Covenant. Okay, now, nor walked in His laws, nor in His statutes, nor in His testimonies. Therefore, this evil has happened unto you as at this day. Moreover, Jeremiah said unto all the people and to all the women, Hear the word of the Lord, all Judah that are in the land of Egypt. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, Ye and your wives have both spoken with your mouths and fulfilled with your hands, saying, We will surely perform our vows that we have vowed to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her. Ye will surely accomplish your vows and surely perform your vows. Therefore... God said, go ahead, make my day. He said, therefore, he said, because you're going to do that, you're going to perform them. You're going to perform them. And because of that, therefore, hear ye the word of the Lord. All Judah that dwell in the land of Egypt, behold, I have sworn by my great name, saith the Lord, that my name shall no more be named in the mouth of any man of Judah in all the land of Egypt, saying, The Lord God liveth. Now, before we even go to this next verse, I want you to hear the voice of the Lord in this. You know, we pray for that. Lord, let us, give us the ears to hear your voice in this word. Can you hear, can you hear his voice in that word to the people of this modern day we live in today? Can you hear his 
voice in this word right here speaking to America? Can you hear his voice in this word speaking to America saying, I have sworn by my great name, saith the Lord, that my name, not the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the name of Jesus, praise God, that is the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. By that name it shall no more be named in the mouth of any man of this corrupt, filthy nation. You know what? Now you stop and think. You could go to any... Now notice what he said. Sworn by my great name. What, what, what name might that be? Jesus. Now, any channel you go to, any channel that you go to to watch these so-called TV preachers, these doctors of theology, I want you to notice that's come to pass already. You will never hear them say Jesus in those churches. It will be Christ or our Father or something along those lines. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, you will not hear his great name. He said, "Uh-uh." He said, "There shall my name shall no more be named in the mouth of any man." We are people of the name. You see that? See how he's already done that? He's already done that in the churches. He declared many, many years ago, and this is the reason why, because they were serving other gods. And they were trying to name His name right along with them. God don't play that. No, sir. He will not share His glory. He will not give His glory to another. He said, no man, no man out of the mouth of any man of Judah in the land of all of Egypt. In the, He said, in the mouth of any man of Judah in all the land of Egypt. What was, what was the land of Egypt? The land of Egypt was the land of wickedness, the land of sin, the land of evil, corruption. Saying, the Lord God liveth. See, he said, you're not going to put my name in this and saying, in the land of Egypt, the Lord God liveth. While you bowing your knee down to some whore, calling her God in heaven. Uh-uh. Nope. Ain't happening. Behold, I will watch over them for evil. <laughs> Boy, that's a hard statement right there from God. I will watch over them for evil and not for good. In other words, I'll watch over make evil come to you and not good. And all the men of Judah that are in the land of Egypt, notice he's not talking about the Egyptians. He said, it's going to be you. They're going to know. It's the Jews. They're going to know it's the Jewish people. Because you're going to see how good that God is to you. You're going to see that that God can't stop me. I'm coming for my people and your goddess ain't going to stop me. You can pray to her all you want to. You give obeisance and burn incense and pray and 
kill your children, everything else you want to do, it ain't going to stop me. I am a God. I am the God. And I'm coming for you. And nothing's going to stop it. He said, And not for good in all the men of Judah, all the men of Judah, the Jewish people, the Jews that are supposed to be my people, that are in the land of Egypt, I don't care where you're at, I'm coming for you, shall be consumed by the sword and by the famine until there be an end of them. You remember this happened once before. You remember that? When they were coming through the wilderness. (laughs) Forty years, they wondered. Now... Yet a small number that escaped the sword shall return out of the land of Egypt into the land of Judah. And all the remnant of Judah that are gone into the land of Egypt to sojourn there shall know whose words shall stand. (laughs) Mine or theirs. You told me about your goddess how powerful she is and how that she can make everything happen for you, how she can feed you and clothe you and take good care of you, what's she going to do when Daddy gets home? Because I'm on the way with a sword in my hand. You think she's going to control me? You think she can change me? You think she can stop me? This fairy tale you have caused yourself to believe in, do you think it's going to stop me? No, when I'm done with you, there's going to be a very few of you left, but the ones that's left are going to know. They're going to know whose word is going to stand. Is it going to be your declaration of how good and powerful your God is and how that that goddess is going to protect you? Or is it going to be mine that said, I'm going to destroy you and wipe you out like the dust that you are, and you're going to know? Does that remind you of a story? Somewhere over there, I don't know, around uh, where Elijah was calling fire down out of heaven and said, hey, let the one that answers by fire, let him be God. <clears throat> Amen. He said, you're going to know whose words shall stand, mine or theirs. And this shall be a sign unto you, saith the Lord, that I will punish you in this place that she may know that my words shall surely stand against you for evil. My, my words, he's saying, my words are going to prevail against you for evil. Evil's coming to you, and my word declares it, and my word is going to prevail. It's going to happen just like I said it would. Thus saith the Lord, behold, I will give... Pharaoh Hophra, king of Egypt, into the hand of his enemies and into the hand of them that seek his life, as I gave Zedekiah, king of Judah, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, his enemy, and that sought his life. What's he saying right here? What's he saying right here? He's saying, hey, I'm going to give the king into the hands of the enemy. I'm going to show you what I'll do. Not only am I going to wipe all you out, but I'm going to take the king 
of Egypt and give him into the hand of his enemies and into the hand of them that seek his life, just as I gave Zedekiah, king of Judah, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, his enemy, and that sought his life. Amen. See that? So what was Egypt standing for? Let's go back to uh, Exodus chapter 12. Do you have that, brother? And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. However many people you got in your family right there. <clears throat> lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbors next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day. Keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Everybody was to do this at one time. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the house, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs, that they shall eat it. Notice this. What do he say? You're going to roast it with fire and unleavened bread. Not leavened bread, but unleavened bread. The bread that comes from what? Heaven. That's the unleavened bread right there. This is representative of a word with no leaven in it. This is representative of a Bible that is not the Message Bible. This is representative of a Bible that's not the NIV. This is representative of the Word of Life. The Word of Life is the Word of God. Amen. He said you will, with un, an unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Why? What does it see? What it's saying right here? Do you see what it's saying? Let me tell you something. You have received this word with bitter herbs. It's a bitter, bitter thing. Amen. To take this word into your mouth. Why? Because the world hates it. Into your flesh. Oh, mighty God. Hallelujah. It's a bitter thing to your flesh. It does not want that. Woo! But it's got the life-sustaining power of God in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Praise God. With bitter herbs, they shall eat it. <laughs> Man, the Word of God is rich, isn't it? See how the Word of God is everywhere in the Bible. It's all over it. Praise God. The message is always consistent, isn't it? Now, here we go. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast... <laughs> With fire. 
Praise God. Got to be some fire. There's got to be some fire in the message. Praise God. You got to have a preacher with some fire. Praise God. Don't eat it raw. Don't sit down and read it like it's a novel. It ain't no novel. Buddy, it's a flamethrower needs to be on that word. Praise God. Eat it. Don't eat it raw. Amen. Nor sodden it all with water. You don't need it watered down, church. But fire, fire needs to come forth. Oh, mama, Oh, mighty God. Hallelujah. Woo! Praise God. Praise God. But roast with fire. His head with his legs and with the pertness thereof. Praise God. And ye shall not let nothing of it remain until the morning. Praise God. Every verse, chapter, and line. And that which remains of it till morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it, with your loins girded. Oh, <laughs> listen to this, church. As you get this word, I want you to understand. Man, just as Jesus was fixing to deliver His people, so is He getting ready to deliver His people once again. Praise the Lamb of God. Amen. What you've been doing, I told you a long time ago. Amen. That you're, you're building an ark to the saving of your house. Amen. You are, you are the ark of that new covenant. Praise God. Amen. I will put their laws in their heart and in their mind. Will I write it? Amen. And He said, thus you shall, you shall eat this word. You shall come to this church. Amen and you're going to be fed with this Word right here, and it's going to be bitter, amen, in your belly, praise God, but it's going to bring you eternal life if you obey it and follow it, amen, and you need to do it with your loins girded, praise God. You need to be ready, ready, praise God, for such an hour as the Lord might come. And your shoes on your feet, get ready, church, praise God, and your staff in your hand, praise God, and you shall eat it, in haste, it is the Lord's Passover. Oh, my Lord, my God. Can you hear the word in this message today? Can you hear the Lord speaking to His people in this church today? You will get this. You need to eat this word in haste. You need to absorb this word. You need to feast upon this word. And let this word deliver you, praise God. And you need to do it quickly. Because time is running out. You need to have your lawns girded, praise God, with truth, praise God. You need to have your shoes, amen, on your feet, praise God. You need to have your shoes on and ready to go, praise God. You need to be ready at any time for God. Deliver us out of the hands of the enemy. How's he going to do that, church? What's he saying? Be ye therefore ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Amen. Now... You need to have your shoes on your feet. Praise God, you need to have your traveling shoes on. Amen. You need to have your loins girded about with truth. Praise God. You need to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. You need to have on your whole armor of God. Amen. And you need to be ready at any time. Praise God. That when God comes for you, you are ready to meet Him. You have already got all this done. And He said, it is the Lord's Passover. There's only one thing, praise God, that's going to get you out of this mess coming. There's only one thing that's going to deliver you from hell and put you in heaven. 
And that's the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt. I will pass through the land of, uh, of America this night. And I and will smite all of the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. Amen. He's going to execute judgment, no doubt about it. I am the Lord. And this is what he says. And the blood. What blood? What's our Passover? He has become our Passover. He's become our Passover, the sacrificial lamb. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. He didn't strike that blood on you. You're going to have to strike that blood in the waters of baptism. You strike that blood on both of the side posts, the door posts, and up over the top, of, praise God, of the, uh, of the door. Amen. You're the one that does it. You're the one that covers your life in that blood. Amen. By the name of Jesus Christ, praise God. You know that name that's not going to be named by anymore. Amen. By the people of, the, of this land. Amen. He said, for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. You see that? This would be a good place to put a church, wouldn't it? In God good. Church. <laughs> I don't even know what to call this message. Don't have any idea because there's so much in it. Jeremiah 7, Jeremiah 44. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're actually going back to get a whole bunch of that stuff in between. That's all of it, Brother Edward. That's all of it. Do you have some more scriptures? Yeah, okay. Church, 